0: Okay, this is Podcast 51, talking with Gary from Western Visions Lanyards. So, here we go. Alright, here we go. Another podcast getting fired up here. Um... I'm not sure what number, maybe 51 or 50, something like that. But before we get into this, I will say this. uh, This podcast is brought to you by Western Visions Lanyards. Western Visions Lanyards is the home of unique and individually crafted lanyards, crafted right here in the USA. These lanyards incorporate various natural stones, bones, and wooden beads, along with high-quality fitments ensuring each one-of-a-kind lanyard will serve you well for many seasons to come. Uh, remember, life is too short to fish with an ugly lanyard, so go to com. So, with that being said, on the phone, I have none other than Gary from Western Visions Lanyards. How you doing, man?
1: Good, Steve. Great to be with you here. Yeah. I'd rather be there probably than out here, but... Uh... Good to be with you on the phone
0: too. Yes, yeah. So we'll get right into this thing, and uh, we'll we'll talk about the lanyards, and uh, you know, like like we were talking before. You're I'm out here in Denver, which I think a lot of people would say is, you know, there's there's always Bozeman and Missoula, and you know, I, I think Wyoming kind of gets overlooked as like a fly fishing hub. Uh uh-huh. But I think Denver is one of those ones that's kinda of coming around as a you know, main point for a lot of people to jump off and fly fish out of.
1: Well, I think so. You got quite a bit going on around there. And we hadn't fished around uh Denver area at all until um, this last
0: year. We came through and actually had a day fishing with Courtney. Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: it was awesome. Nice fish with her up on uh, at Decker's and it's beautiful up there.
0: Yeah, yeah, Decker's is nice, man. It's uh a, really a lot f- of
1: people but uh it was cool
0: a lot of people a lot of fish a
1: lot yeah technical stuff i think you know yeah it was a hot day for us we didn't see anybody else catch your fish that day either but uh it's great to get out there
0: anytime you're out there moving water awesome for us yep yeah it's uh it's nice so you guys are like we were talking about earlier you guys are in uh california Sounds correct right. we're not go ahead you guys are out in the central so you're you're a little ways, plus the drought doesn't help at all. From No,
1: we're a little, definitely a little ways from trout fishing, but uh, probably the group listening to the podcast, are, you know, thinking about trout fishing. And our what we would consider our home waters, our local waters, is the Kern River, which is up out of Bakersfield. Okay. And so it's about a little over three hours to get up there to the Kern River. And uh, once a, we used to go up there quite a bit. And once the drought hit about seven years ago, when it really started hitting, you know, uh, we just kind of like slowed down going up there. We didn't want to stress the fish. You know, they were just tough on them anyway. And uh, so then we kind of started moving. We're only about 40-minute drive, 35, 40-minute drive to the coast. Uh, So we just started doing more of the surf fishing. And that's what we've kind of local fishing we've kind of hit on um, for several years now. Uh, We got lucky this last year and finally got some water out here, some rain. And good snowpack, so um, yeah, I still haven't been up to fish the southern Sierras, but uh, we're gonna try to head up that way.
0: Okay, so when you say surf fishing, are you? I mean, are you are you going off the coast? Are you in a boat, or you're just? I mean, straight up, you know, out on a on a jetty and on the sand, and, and the sand or whatever. Uh, yeah, we go out. To, you
1: know, listeners are familiar with Morro Bay; it's kind of a well known. Uh, location out here, Moro Rock. They called it the Gibraltar Pacific, great big old giant rock right at the edge of, on the central coast right at the edge of the ocean, of course. And uh, we pretty much go down there. We, we fish a little further way up north of that uh, around San Simeon. Some people heard of Hearst uh, Castle, San Simeon, just below uh, what's considered Big Sur. And we can fish up there. And uh, yeah, we go right out in the sand. I, I fish a single-hand uh, seven-weight Uh, with the Rio outbound. So we're fishing pretty much predominantly for surf perch,
2: Uh,
1: barbed surf perch. And they're they're kind of on the bottom. They're opportunistic feeders. They're they're fishing right in the surf zone, right where the waves are kind of crashing. Um, Anything getting kicked up, you know, there's uh, um, sand crabs and stuff like that. So as waves are crashing, you're casting and dragging your fly across the bottom, basically. And they're just something with red or orange or yellow in it. You know, some marabou is what they're looking for. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's kind of cool. A lot of strip sets. <laughs> when we first started doing that, I had to get used to all the strip sets. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're lucky when we go up uh, fishing a little bit further north by Big Sur. We're actually getting uh, striped bass up there pretty okay. regularly the last couple of years. Um, just about this time of year when they start kind of coming down, they come out of more, uh, Monterey Bay. They catch a lot bigger ones up there and more of them. Um, but we start getting surf uh, into the striped bass, schooly size, and that's pretty cool, too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just, people uh, want... I still, I still rather fish in you know moving water, having the water running past you when you're standing out there is a lot better than dealing with the waves as they're coming and going. You know, definitely have to use a stripping basket when you're in the surf, otherwise your lines everywhere.
0: Oh yeah, I can't. I couldn't even imagine the mess that I'd have going on.
1: <laughs> you just you just learn to deal with it. It's just not bad like anything once you get used to it. It's uh, but it's fun. But for us, where we used to have to. You know going trout fishing was a definitely a, a bigger deal for us, unlike where you live, where you can go out a short distance and have probably all sorts of waters. Right. For us, it was we couldn't just go after work, you know. It's uh, we used to make some day trips where you go out zero dark 30 in the morning, fish all day, and then drive home. But oh, yeah. for the most part, you got to plan when you can stay up there, camp, or stay in a place and and fish for a couple days. So, but for us now, we can go out fishing in the morning. Uh, catch the incoming tide, typically, is how we like to fish it. And then uh, Lacey and I, my wife, we're, like, uh, we're right there in Moral Bay, so then, of course, you have to go down and eat the seafood right there from the restaurants. But so we're home, you know, within a handful of hours. You can go do all that stuff.
0: Yeah, that wouldn't suck to have some good seafood after fishing. Not
1: at all. Not at all. Yeah, and plus, where we live, it's kind of a, a, a hot area, um, kind of dry and hot, just mm-hmm. over the range, the, uh, the Pacific Range, you know between us and the coast, it cools off considerably. So when it's 100-plus here in Paso Robles, you can drop down to Morro Bay in a half hour, 35 minutes or so, and we can be 30 degrees cooler. So that's always a big plus, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's huge over here. Everybody that lives inland here, it's like once it gets hot hotter during the summer, you just escape over to the coast. We always talk about people from the valley, you know, from Fresno area, Bakersfield area. They always come over here to the coast to escape and we're just lucky cuz it's so close for us.
0: Right. Yeah, ba- Bakersfield is a whole different ball game. That's
1: Yes, it is.
0: We went yes, to is. um it was a few it was probably 7 years ago we went from San Diego to Vegas on a road trip. And it was that should be a fun. It was I don't remember when it was. It was either summer or late summer
1: know either way,
0: right? Yeah, but we're <laughs> we're coming back and it's it's like ten thirty at night, dark in Bakersfield, and it's still like a hundred and nine.
1: Postage? Yeah, horrible.
0: You know, and it's I'm horrible. like, holy shit! How do people live out here?
1: You know, they live with the AC on all the time. It's air conditioning all the time. We're lucky right where we live um, because we cool down at night. That's why it's so good. I guess I call this the new Napa, if you will, for for wine grapes.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Where
1: we live. Because it cools off at night, I guess. that uh, We get hotter than heck during the day, but we always say we have barbecue weather every evening. As soon as it, the evening comes, the breeze typically comes up a little bit. Uh, things start cooling down, and we'll have 30-degree swings, easily 34 degrees from the day to the night. Oh, okay. You know, Yeah, so it cools off. It's awesome. As a matter of fact, when I uh, do some fishing up out of the fly shop up out of Reading, when I first uh, went fishing with them, and want to set up a guide. Uh, they said, you know, the guy that used to live here just 15 minutes south of us, i like, go, oh, i got to, you know, fish with Mike, and he's from that area and all that. And so we go fishing, had a great time up there, and i say, man, how nice is it up here in Redding? There's water everywhere, so many different rivers and all and stuff, and it's just perfect. And he said, yeah, the only thing different is that, he said, it doesn't cool down. And surprisingly, up there was so much water. They're kind of like the same as in the valley. He said, once it gets hot during the day, it just stays hot all night, too, you know, so... We're kind of spoiled here, I guess. I guess is what I'm getting at. We're kind of spoiled.
0: Yeah, I I like I like the warm day and the cool down. We've got plenty of that here.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) you get extra cool there.
0: Yeah, it gets nice and cool here. Yeah,
1: yeah, ours around here we're kind of like I always say it's like t-shirt and shorts. I can do pretty much t-shirt, shorts, and flip-flops pretty much all year long.
0: Ah, that'd be nice. And we
1: we get cold. I mean, we get to freezing and stuff, and we'll we'll get a little dusting of snow once every 10 years type of thing, right? Some freak thing, and nobody knows how to drive in it here, and everybody freaks out and all that.
0: Sure, day, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, well.
1: It's typically pretty nice.
0: People don't know how to drive in it here either, so (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't get any better.
1: It doesn't get any better. I guess, well, the thing here, they, they, you know, get a little bit of snow. I have a buddy from uh, Montana, um that uh, his parents live down here and one time it snowed here one of those freak things and he was down here visiting and people you know they want to shut down schools and all that he goes heck my kids walk to school in the snow serious snow you know and here it's like a little dust of snow and they want they want to shut schools down oh
0: yeah yeah it's pretty funny
1: yeah it is it is because like well we can't have the buses driving in that it's like no two inches of snow on the road Come on.
0: (laughs) yeah we uh we moved up from Albuquerque, and that's... Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, so see, seeing the d- the difference in the schools, you know, here, if there's two mm-hmm. inches, they'll still, you know, they'll, they won't they will even... I don't even think they would abbreviate school if there was two inches on the ground. No. But you get that no. in Albuquerque, and they're like, oh, shut it down. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, I guess it just depends on if you, you never get it, I just figure it's not worth taking a chance, I'm
0: sure. Yep, yep.
1: That's it.
0: So let's. So you're out in wine country, which is, like we're you said, in the, you're in the new Napa, huh?
1: We're the new Napa. We're the wine country. Hot during the day, during the summer, and cool in the nights all the rest of the time. And uh, a little bit, you know, it's great The tourism has definitely helped with, you know, financial issues the country's been having. Uh, the tourism has really helped out in our area. It kind of keeps things going. And there's a, I mean, there's a buttload of wineries out here now. I, I first came here in 1981 to this town, and there was like 9,000 people and three signal lights in the whole town. Now we're at, uh, you know, 30,000 and signal lights all the hell all over. And even in those days, it was, you know, there were some vineyards, uh, and, you know, a general decent amount, but now I think we're over 200 vineyards around the area and all. It's it, and But they're, you know, like I said, it's been good for the community, good for the economy. Uh, there's always something to do if someone wants to go out wine tasting or they want to go out and see shows. There's always, you know, they're, Hosting somebody, some entertainer, and stuff like that at these vineyards, and it's cool. We have a great big giant wine festival here every year downtown city park, and it's you know a ton of people, and uh, it's a, it's all good. It's all good. It's been good for the community for sure.
0: Okay. Yeah. No. That's uh, I'm a, I'm a fan of the wine, so it's good to I have. Got to come out. <laughs> yeah. Got to come out. <laughs> yeah, I need. That's that's what uh, I was telling my wife. We need to go out there and do a little. Oh yeah. Do a little, little wine, bit of wine can, tours, Yeah. Go around and you can run around. And do and wine
1: get, tasting at several, and that's you know, great. It's awesome.
0: Go get some cab salves and some full body reds going on.
1: Oh, you love the I'm into the reds. Definitely into the reds and cabs. Yeah. Merlot's. Um, the Zen. They have a Zen festival here for the Zimandel. um Yeah, they actually have, um, they have a Paderewski festival here, which is Ignaz Paderewski. It was a Polish composer. I want to say late 1800s. They had a vineyard here. He came here for the Healing waters, you know, Paso Robles Hot Springs, okay. known for the healing waters. It's probably because we're close to the San Andreas Fault Line, you know, so we get the, yep. <laughs> you know, the uh, earthquake capital of the world is actually at Parkfield, which is about, so this is a little nothing town, cattle country, um, probably about 15 miles of crow flies from uh, Paso Robles, kind of northeast, ah. and uh, um, so they have... You, all this volcan- uh, volcanic, I'm sorry, all this, um, earthquake type activity, but so Pass Robles was known for the hot, the healing hot springs. Okay. And, uh, so Pederski came out here and uh, got a vineyard going with, uh, Zimkantels, I think he brought from Europe or something. And, uh, so now they have this, this great big festival. Nice. And, uh, that always helped Pass Robles too. it's actually Pass Robles uh, Inn, which is a huge, uh, in burned, I think, in the 1940s. Although they rebuilt, there's still some of the original buildings. That was a place where, um, um, shooting, I'm going to lose my mind. Marilyn Monroe and um,
0: who's her husband? Baseball player. Oh, Joe DiMaggio. Yeah. Joe
1: DiMaggio. That's where they came for their honeymoon. Oh, okay. That was one of the, the claims of fame. They came here for the Pass Robles Inn for the for the waters and all.
0: Yeah. Ah. Yeah,
1: it sounded even better, doesn't it?
0: Joe DiMaggio's there. It's good enough for me. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> All right. Well, let's... Uh, so, for those of you people out there that don't know, uh, and you missed the sponsor spot for some strange reason, Gary and his wife make arguably the best lanyards in the fly fishing business? Oh, I would like say. To think so. So, uh, how how long have you guys? How long and when you know when did you guys get into that? When did you see that as uh, you know kind of a business a opportunity?
1: Well, I guess it all started out um, probably in about I don't know um, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, probably uh, two thousand nine, probably um, where we fish in the Southern Sierras. It gets hot. It's like outside of Bakersfield, of course. So it gets hotter than hell up there in the mountains too. And uh, we were, you know, fly fishing with vests like everybody did. Oh, yeah. Um, We wanted to go, you know, there was some, definitely some lanyards out there, and uh, I tried a couple of them. And liked the idea of it, but I wanted to make something, you know, my own. I just wanted to craft my own, if you will. And, of course, Lacey was all excited about that, but she couldn't have just regular plain beads or anything, you know. Mm -hmm. So I had to make it a little bit fancier, a little bit nicer. And that's really kind of the way it started. And so I did, like, a lot of people go over to ebay and look for different uh different beads and different things i can do and you know i found that some cool stones out there and different kinds of bone you know hair pipe bones and stuff and uh so i just bought a, you know some different things to start playing with them putting them together and made what you know she liked and what i liked to do a little different styles different kinds of beads but what we like right and like most things you know i started to People who fish around liked them, and so I started making them for some friends. And everybody said, Oh, they're just so awesome, you got to sell them, and all that. And I, I played with them, and they definitely developed over the years, but we didn't really start with it. In 2011, I kind of started to actually thought they were developed good enough to someone might be wanting to buy in. Okay. So, long story short, 2011, I I played with them for a couple of years and kind of got what, I wasn't going to put it out there until I was satisfied that it would be something that if I was out there, I would want to buy. Right. You know, we'll spend some money on it. And, uh, that's where we got, we tried to get the highest quality stuff we can. And, uh, like I said, I was, I figured if I'm going to have to spend, you know, 45 bucks on a, a lanyard, I definitely want to get something, you know, for my money that's, you know, of high quality. And instead of, you know, a lot of the lanyards out there have brass, you know, um, swivels with uh, brass, you know, clips to to attach your tools to, I went with, I wanted a regular ball bearing swivel, you know, I had get them with a black oxide coating so they, you know, more rust resistant, rust proof. I think I've almost proven that testing in the waters of the Pacific ocean out here. Oh yeah. You know, I just haven't had any, As a matter of fact, I was selling one early on. Someone was asking me how rust proof they were. Cause they'd had some of the other landers that they taken into the ocean out of Florida. They said it rusted right up. And so I said, you know, I, I don't know how, you know, rust proof they are, but black oxide, you know, the stuff I'm getting is made for fish in the ocean. It's a ball bearing swivel. It's not just a regular brass swivel. And, uh, so we made another reason to go out to Morro Bay and have some dinner and I dipped a. Gallon bucket of water and brought it back home, salt water. Right. And I started doing kind of tests. I dip it in there for, drop it in for 10 minutes and pull it out and shake it off and then come back a couple hours later, you know, and dip it. I did that for several days. Right. And never got, I just kind of shake it off. I wouldn't wash it, just kind of flip the water off and and, uh, never had that. As a matter of fact, I found one of my little test clips the other day in in the box I have and it's still, years later, still rust was free, so uh, oh, yeah, built to last wow. for sure.
0: Yeah, no, that's definitely a man. If it'll if it'll stand up to the to salt water like that,
1: oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's it's huge. And yeah. that's what like I said. We wanted to make it. I just wanted to get the best stuff I could, um, to hold up for you know many seasons, many many seasons. You know, and yeah. we've been happy. A lot of people, you know, in the fly shops and stuff, you know, they grab and say, "Gosh." Aren't these are the nicest? They're probably the prettiest anyway, if nothing else. They're a little bit fancier. And one thing we do is each one is unique and individual. We don't make two ever exactly like. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only time I've done that, I've had someone call back and say they lost their lanyard and they're so disappointed. And uh, I said, Well, I can make one just like it because I take pictures of each one. So I, said, I can make you one just exactly like it, you know, because you bought it. But that's the only time we do. And, and sometimes, you know, it's pretty easy to change. And someone will see a lanyard that's sold. And they really, really like it. So, well, you know, I could change just the layout of the beads a little bit, have basically the same type of stuff, or I could change the color of the land. You're different. Right. But uh, they know they're never going to go out there in the water anywhere and see something exactly with what they have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's a big deal because I know everybody, I know I like to have, um, you know, not necessarily one of a kind stuff, but I don't want to have everything that everybody else has.
1: Yeah, I'm, you know. I'm the same way. You, know? you, you want your stuff to kind of stand out a bit, you know, or, or just be something that, uh, you know, it's what you like, you know, it's what you want. We, we do custom, we, um, done quite a few custom lanyards where someone wants, you know, specific colors on there. It's uh, you know, I made uh, one for Chaz with the colors, you know of the, the cats, yep. you know, for his, I made one with that and stuff. Oh, yeah. We do a custom lanyard, you know, we just send pictures back and forth to make sure the layout's what you want, the color's what you want. Made one for a guy that played uh, as a running back for UCLA, and he had the UCLA colors in there. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's kind of cool. And there are some people want, you know, some, some stuff in there that matches their Winston rod, or I do uh, have some um, bamboo beads that, you know, kind of make things look a little bit like someone's bamboo rod and stuff like that. So that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, no, that's the way to go, man. I mean, if, if you can have yeah, it's, something it's a, custom made to your specs for 45 bucks, and it's going to last you a long time.
1: Yeah. Well, on, on, the, on the custom ones, we do charge like 15 bucks more. Oh, okay. Well, so, same, uh, I'm doing like even at 60 that, bucks. And then you go pictures back and forth and all that. And I've even had a, a gentleman from up in... The Upper Peninsula, off one of the Great Lakes, and uh, he wanted uh, cork instead of the the fly patch. Okay. You know, he wanted instead of the foam, he wanted cork, and so I said, well, "I can get you know, have, definitely have a lot of opportunities to get cork around here." So <laughs> some bottles, you know, all the all the wineries. Oh yeah. And so we went out to a couple of different wineries, you know, I knew the ones that had some kind of cool designs and stuff. And I, there's one that here locally it's called Castoro Winery, and their their logo is a beaver. And uh, this guy was so excited because that was the, the beaver state where where he's from. Oh, the okay. Beaver State, And they go, so it's perfect. So he was happier than hell, you know, to have something with the beaver on it. So that's kind of, that's the fun stuff when you do, um, you know, a custom thing. It's, it's always neat. And one thing I always have a good time with And what, what I tell people when I'm making these things, um, because I don't get to fly fish, especially trout that I love fishing for nearly enough just because of where I live and all. And uh, but I can think about it when I'm making these things, and when I'm making all these different landers it's like you always wonder where it's going to end up. Where's it going to be in this world, you know? Who's going to fish it and all oh, that? Yeah. And so you'll know, something custom, with, like for this guy with his the beaver on the
2: on the tip, you know, the uh, the fly patch thing right. on the cork. It's just so cool. It's like you kind of know where it's going to go, and you, you've talked to
1: him, and it, it's really a neat thing. And that's why I get most of my enjoyment out of it. just talking to people and or you know chatting on the on the uh computer, or just talking on the phone and, and talking to people, finding out you know where do they fish what they like to fish for, and we share stories and all that it's just awesome,
0: yeah, yeah, no it's uh it's pretty cool I mean just uh I know I like you know looking at uh our listeners and you know where they're at, and you know mm-hmm. trying to trying to relate and you know like oh okay, yeah, you well, did. you know we've got listeners in Australia, you know what are they doing down there for? fly fishing or you know stuff like that oh
1: definitely definitely it's uh that, that's the neatest thing with this fly fishing thing it's the people you deal with and they're, it's all you know I haven't you know we've all met a couple of jerks out there but for the most part everybody's great you know And we kind of share this same passion and you can find some common ground in almost everything you know so it's, it's been really cool just really neat I just uh, have so much fun doing it
0: yeah yeah, no, it's uh it's nice, man. I you know, I I told Chad, I was talking to Chaz the other day and I I told him it was on my radar that I'm going to I'm going to make it happen here shortly cuz I've been fishing with uh with a homemade lanyard for like mm-hmm. 6 months now. Uh-huh. And I know if I fall and I go down river, I'm uh-huh. done, if, you know, and it, and it gets caught on something, I'm done for. Oh you yeah, know, that's cause definitely 'cause it's for sure. it's like a it's like a two foot piece of uh five fifty paracord. Oh yeah,
2: it's so, never
0: gonna break. <laughs> yeah, so I know <laughs> if I if it gets hung up on anything and it takes me underwater, I'm just I'm there until somebody pulls me out. Oh, or, I cut, or I cut you know, it. I
1: guess the good thing is they could probably find you. The bad thing is that they're finding you, right? Yeah. You know, it's like you're not gonna float away forever, but uh no. Then we have we have breakaways we put in each one of our lanyards for sure. And the last thing I do before I ship it out, I test that breakaway one last time. That's kind of like my normal routine: to pull out the lanyard out of the package, test the breakaway, snap it back together, and off it goes. Yep. Because you always you always worry about that, you know. So oh, yeah. they definitely break away. And our lanyards aren't 550. I mean, we're using the type 100, so 100 pounds it'll break. And so even if for some reason the um, You know, the breakaway didn't work, which I've never, ever heard of. I can't imagine because I could pop it myself. Right. But 100 pounds are a little bit better than 100 pounds. You're going to break that anyway. It's a 2-millimeter cord, and has seven strands inside of it instead of, what, the 550 has a bunch of them. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's still real. For for lanyard purposes,
0: it's still more than enough cord. Yeah, yeah, you don't need much. No, plus it's easier when I'm drilling these beads, I mean. I got
1: to drill almost all of these beads out. I couldn't imagine drilling bigger than, you know, 2.3 millimeters.
0: Oh yeah. You know, and the, that was just a learning curve for me too. Cause I, I was never
1: into stone stuff. I just kind of, I ended up getting retired and, you know, I needed something to do and <laughs> for the most part, you know, so I became what I like to call fishing jewelry, if you will. That's oh yeah. I play myself down. So I make fishing jewelry, you know? And, uh, so I've had to learn different stones, you know, some are harder than others. And, um, go through the whole process Start with the dremel tool and now then i built you know once i started really doing them then i ended up getting a regular jeweler's you know fordham flex shaft tool with a i call it the gas pedal it's hooked up to feel like a step on and get it to go and okay. make everything easier for you but you know you have with uh, diamond burrs to drill out all the stones and stuff it's uh I couldn't imagine drilling any bigger than what I'm drilling. Some of them, I swear, when you first start, it's like, holy smokes, there a diamond in the middle of this thing? It's like, <laughs> trying to push this thing through with a, a diamond burr, and, you know, you have it dipped underwater, so no dust is flying, it controls the, the heat and all. Right. And it's like, some of them, it's like, you, you swear you can't get through the damn thing, you know, and you keep working it, and eventually get there, and it's like, okay, I know that stone this is going to be a pain in the ass to do a whole bunch of those stones. Yeah. <laughs> they're just hard now. know. Yeah. And that's a cool thing with stone. You get so many different looks. You know, people want you know they like the browns, they like the greens, the blues, and you know. And then I'm always finding, I'm always looking for different stones. Either on eBay or in stone, you know, in the uh, uh, you know bead shops wherever we go. As we were visiting my buddy up there in uh, in Helena one time, and they just happened to have a a. Uh, stone show going on bead show going on so we went down and i got some different beads and that so you're always looking for something different then once every time you see something new it's like oh boy start your head starts spinning and how you can put things together with that color combination and you know make something look really cool and then sometimes you have in your mind just gonna look really cool and you start laying it out on the board you know right yeah this sucks (laughs) in your mind is so much better and so you get it on there it's like yeah these combinations aren't working how i thought they were going to work yeah, you know, but you always you could always make something happen. Oh yeah, and and then you realize when I first started, it's like what looked good to me and what looked good to Lacey was different. We had different styles and all. We kind of like chip on each other, and uh, you know to see who's going to sell first and all back and forth. It's uh, that was a lot of fun too. And uh, but then you realize that you know just because it's what I like, I I've, I've built some. that's like yeah, it's okay, but it's not like you know. Something I'm really excited about, and then they sell in no time at all. And it's like there's always something for everybody out there.
0: Yeah, and that's that's exactly it too.
1: You know, you bet. You know, it's everybody's a little bit different. You know, now we have you know three different lengths of them. We started out with these longer. You know, the the bead boards are laid out basically have a measuring device, kind of like a big U shape, right? And it goes up to 14 inches. And when I started making them, that's how long they were. You know, it's like 14 inches from the bottom to the top. But by the time they connect in the in the middle, on the bottom, is like 12-inch drop, if you will. Okay. Now, to me, those are pretty long, but they're still very popular. And then, then what's happening is selling some to a, an outfit in uh, Japan that did online uh, fly fishing gear in Japan called the Bright Stream. And they bought some, and they sold them, and they bought some more. And then they said, uh, you know, they, they're a little bit long for our torso. Who are shorter people? Can you make them a little bit shorter? So then I started making them a little bit shorter instead of putting the tip of bar above the top swivel you know, connection point. I put them right basically below that. And then just here recently, was the last time we were fishing out in, uh, July out in Colorado, uh-huh. uh, a guy we were fishing with out of, uh, out of Creed on the Rio Grande, uh, Will Blanchard from Annis Valley uh, Anglers. Yep. He wanted, uh, landers. he had more land, he wanted, uh, interested in something for his kids, you know, his kids are pretty young. So came back and made a shorter one. Now the smallest one we have is, uh, we call it the Creek, if you will. And it's, uh, it's more of the size of, like a mountain river lanyards. Okay. It's a little bit short. It's only like eight inches up on either side, you know. And uh, the the tippet bar, the spools hang right in the bottom. They don't they don't hit the bottom of it, but they're closer, of course, to the where the bottom loops around. And uh, yeah, so that that all, that all came from once again, you know, the customer saying you have something this, you know, shorter this way, right? To make something happen. So that's been kind of fun because now it's a whole new thing for me to. I've used all the same stones and stuff and bone and all that, but it's it's a shorter version, you know, so they all have their own look. So it's always fun to, to keep bouncing around and changing things up a bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, and, that, and that's it, man. I mean, you've got, like you said, you've got three different sizes. Mm-hmm. None of them are exactly the same. No, nope. um, You know, and as far as amenities go, you know, like you said, you've got the tippet bar, you've got a zinger on there. And I think you've got four swivels in addition to that.
1: Four, four swivels.
0: Yeah. See, I've been doing my homework. I'm looking. I'm looking.
1: Yeah, there you go. We're gonna you know? we're gonna have you as a believer here in no time at all. But
0: uh, you know, and that's that's the thing is it, it's you know it goes back to I think a couple episodes ago I was talking about people buying stuff and mm-hmm. you know you don't you don't have to buy everything that's out there. No. Yeah. But. If you're gonna, I know I do anyway. If you're gonna buy something, you got to get the best bang for your buck.
1: Oh heck yeah, that's why we always looked at it. It's uh, like I said, you want it unique, you want it personal if you can. And we're just a little bit more expensive than the other guys, but not that much. I mean, our, our smallest one now, people are after. The, I sold one to a guy here not too long ago. He asked what the price was, and I told him you know forty five bucks. He goes, oh, you haven't raised your price? No, never have. Recently, we have. We kind of realigned everything up. You know, the smallest one is forty five dollars now. And right. then it goes to the middle one is 50 and then 55 for the longest one. And, um, I was told for a long time, you know, you're just selling, there's so much into these and, you know, you sell them too cheap. I, I, I'm doing it cause I, you know, yes it's nice to make some money for my fishing trips and stuff like that. That's really what it's for. Right. And, um, but it's just enjoyed me doing it. I put so much time into each one. I, one thing, unless you get one, you probably don't know, but, for each one, I make a hang tag that has a list of the different beads that are in it. You know, because I, I figured if I spent 45 bucks, I want to know what kind of beads they are in here. Some of them are natural seed beads or something, whatever it is.
0: Right. And, uh, you know,
1: I kind of want to know. That's kind of part of it. So, you know, I want. Have lots of people always ask me, How long does it take you to make a lanyard? You know, it's like, Well, they're all kind of different. Depends what I'm putting on there and you know, how much work I have to do, how many of them I have to drill. Because some of them I get by without drilling too much at all, some require more. But by the time I get it all done and take pictures, I'm easily over an hour into each one. By the time I make a hang tag and by the time you know, picture it and put it up on the site and do all that, easily over probably an hour and a half is probably safe. You know, it's time consuming, and some people say, Gosh, you shouldn't do, you know all this extra stuff doing the individual hang tags and all that, you know, and so it'd be a lot easier just to have a model and put it up on the website. and You sell how many of this model do you want, you know? Right. But that's not what, that's not, if I was getting something, I'd want something. And I always fall back to, if I was spending the, you know, my harder money, what would I want to get for it? And that's what I do. Yeah. You know, and, uh, it's just important to us. And, you know, that thing coming up with the, uh, you know, life's too short to fish with an ugly lanyard. I had a, a brother-in-law that owned a, a gun shop. You know, how cool is that? You oh used to yeah, hunt with him all the time and stuff. He owned a gun shop, but he was always into custom guns. He's always into you know building them. He said, and he, "I was teasing because he these beautiful guns made, his beautiful rifles made, and he'd always sell them in no time." Because he's a salesman, is what he does. Right. But he says that the, the joy of it. The joy of it was the build. Figured out what caliber what equipment you know you're going to have on there. You know, getting the wood. You know, having the you know the right looking stock and who's going to build it and all that. And that's where he gets so much enjoyment. But he was always life too short to hunt with an ugly rifle. Oh yeah. We're sitting with him in southern Utah, hunting out there, and uh, we're just sitting there watching a uh, across a canyon, watching the deer that were migrating through. And he's just sitting there looking at his gun and, you know, checking out all the little details of it, especially on a custom gun with all the screws are indexed the same. And, you know, it's all the little details, you know. So that's, yep. he was always in silver shop. I'd made him a, a picture of his, one of his real nice rifles. And underneath I put life's too short to hunt with an ugly rifle or Hung, ugly gun, you know. So then when they had to kind of, some kind of little slogan for us, I thought, No, nah, that's appropriate.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. It, uh, you know, it, just, it definitely fits.
1: Yeah, Definitely.
0: Unfortunately, unfortunately I'm in the ugly lanyard group right now.
1: <laughs> well, we can make you, a, <laughs> make you a member of the club. Yeah. Definitely get, definitely get you on the right side of the, the lanyard uh, business here.
0: Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's coming up. So
1: good deal. We're going to make it happen. Yes.
0: How much, uh, how much time you got left before you got to get moving? I know you're
1: Well, oh, I'm good. I'm good. Whatever you want to talk about. Okay. Um, We're still fine.
0: Okay, perfect. So Whatever you want. Okay, so with that being said, this this next segment is brought to you by 5280 Angler. If you're searching for expert guides and fly fishing fun on the front range, be sure to check out 5280 Angler. Whether you are looking to sharpen your skills on the South Platte system, plan the perfect date, or host the ultimate party on the water, 5280 Angler has your trip covered. The guides at 5280 have the passion, the skill, and the experience to serve you. Find web specials at 5280angler.com and check out recent trip pics on Facebook and Instagram at 5280angler. 5280angler is passionate about service and wild about fish. So, um, you said your kind of home river, quote-unquote, is the Kern,
1: Correct, Kern River.
0: And that's is that up that starts it, way up in the Sierras, correct?
1: It does. It starts a uh, the north fork of the Kern starts up in the Sequoia. Okay. Uh, below Sequoia Park. We actually took a, a pack trip up there in two thousand ten, went up there horse pack, like twenty miles in and went to the North Fork up there. Pretty okay. cool. Very cool country. Just below Sequoia Park where it
0: comes in. Okay. So up in there you have golden trout.
1: They do, you know, I have never and we thought, you know, we might get some goldens up there. Where we were fishing on North Fork, though, it was a Kern River Rainbow, which is only, you know, its own strain. Right. Um, but we didn't get, I've never caught, you know, the golden trap. I huh. just haven't done it. Um,
0: well, yeah, because I, I just I my
1: know bad, that. I just yeah. haven't made a commitment to go up there and get him. And I know a lot of guys that do, a lot of guys that have. I just haven't done it, you know it is beautiful country up there for sure they live in some nice places like everywhere right
0: yeah well that's yeah i mean that's how those little native and wild fish are man they're they're uh they're beautiful and they live in an equally beautiful spot
1: oh definitely definitely mm-hmm. we thought when we went up there you know we were there for a few days we would just make a separate we'd have to go to a different some different creeks up there instead of fishing the main but we were doing so well right there in the
0: main and right there close to camp it was just like yeah, I'm happy right where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, it's one of those things that you never leave fish to go find fish.
1: Exactly. That's where I was, and now I kind of kicked myself in the butt, because I'd like to say that I caught some, but, you know, there's nothing that's really holding me back either. I took a, did a little four-wheel drive trip into an area called Menachee Meadows, kind of in the same area, but it was during the drought, and, you know, caught a bunch of rainbows but no golden trout. Ah. And, uh, yeah, so it's still... You can get up there. I just have to make it, you know, one of my priorities. Right. And, uh, I, I haven't done it.
0: Right. So so where else do you, uh, I know you said you got out here to Creed, to the Creed area, and then you were. We did. You hit Decker. Same trip?
1: Mm-hmm. Same trip. Okay. Uh, we have our, a, a buddy of mine that known for forever. He uh, was living up in northern Idaho and just moved over to uh, Red Lodge. So we went up and visited them up in Montana. For, uh, we are there for the 4th of July and uh, came back through and fished with Courtney there on Deckers and then on down to Creed. And we'd done the Creed trip last year also. Okay. Uh, first time fishing the Rio Grande up there. Had just such an amazing, amazing time up there. We hit it right with the salmon flies, salmon fly hatch, and doggone, there was just so many big bugs. It's like all dry fly fishing all the time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's... Um...
1: You know, it, it was just incredible. I remember one time looking up, it was just a cloud of salmon flies and uh, what spruce moth, something else on my green drakes. Uh, and there was just like this cloud of bugs. It's like okay, this is what heavens like. This is it. Yeah. And <laughs> way the hell up here in the mountains, you know, way up pretty high up there.
0: Yeah, and, the uh, uh the Rio Grande system up there is, is pretty spectacular.
1: It is pretty amazing. It yeah. is pretty amazing. And we fished there out of Creek and then we dropped down to um, uh South Fork. Fish a little bit lower down below that too. We've done that. Yep, you know a yeah. couple of times now. You know and it's yeah. just been great. We didn't That's... quite hit the halfway a little bit later this season, but what it worked out. Is trying to get time between. You know, Lacey still works, and we had uh, we had the California Mid State Fairs here in, in Paso Robles, that I have to kind of work with. i retired from the police department, but still helping out as reserve. And like I guess telling you, I'm doing backgrounds and stuff for police officers right now. But anyway, during the fair, we have to work during the fair. So we, it was just timing issues, and
0: that's when we could get up there and visit. Oh, okay. when
1: so, yeah. We could go, but I sure love to hit the salmon fly hatch again. Holy smokes. Yeah, no kidding. We, we got lucky and uh, I don't know, about four years ago, maybe five years ago now, we we fished up uh, Trout Hunter out of
0: Island Park and okay,
1: hit the salmon flies up <laughs> in there, too. And that was my first experience with those, those big bombers. And oh, like, yeah. Holy smokes, I'm hooked. Big old fuzzy flies you can see, and uh, it, it's awesome.
0: Yeah, it makes dry fly fishing easy when you're throwing a couch out there.
1: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and yeah. as I get older, I'm still clinging on to 50 barely, you know. But as I get older, it's sure is nice seeing those bigger flies, You know, I start getting to the small stuff, and it's pretty damn hard.
0: Yeah, it's, know, it's tough, man, I know. I go down to the San Juan quite a few times, uh, okay. I don't know, three or four times a year, and, uh-huh. you know, you're fishing the little... Itty bitty midges, twenties and twenties and below. You know, so if, you, if you're if you're fishing close, you're all right. Then you start stretching it out. You really gotta have your eyes on
1: anything splashing anywhere close. Anything looks like it's sipping anywhere close. You just gotta go.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's it, man. You're just you're throwing stretching out the tree, there. And, right? <laughs> you know, you kind of watch where it lands, and then you're just looking for something close and
1: just just kind of hoping. Yep. Yeah, my general fly box. I mean, the only thing I I can't tie anything smaller. Twenty, like, <laughs> and that's getting the zebra mitches. You know, <laughs> that's, right? That's about as that's about as small as I can tie. And I was uh, fishing up on the the Kern River one time. My most memorable fish on the Kern River, and uh, it turns out to be a fifteen-inch brown trout. Oh, nice. But, it, but we don't. You know, don't hardly get any browns. I didn't even know before I caught that that there was even brown trout there. I mean, I fished for years and I didn't even know. Right. Um, they're so infrequent. I just saw fish rise. It's kind of a, a wall across the backside of the river. And it's not a huge river. I mean, you're 30 yards across or so. But there was this trout kept rising and i kept throwing some different uh just elk elk is what i i got i got down to my smallest one i think it was a size like 18 or something like that 16 or 18 right and uh he finally took it I kept working 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 finally took it and it's like holy smokes to get him in get him in the nest like he's this a uh, brown trout holy smoke took a picture did the same thing let you know normal thing let him go yep. and we went back and talked to the guy that runs a fly shop a friend of ours and he said got a brown yeah I showed the picture he goes do you mind telling me where you got it you don't have to if you don't want to I go no oh, problem is where I got it and I said I didn't even know you had browns he goes yeah we don't we get it we get lucky every now and again get a few but they're just far and few between and it's amazing you get a you know 15 inch brown is your biggest memory of fishing that river you know but you know it's they're all they're all individuals you remember those ones that are hardest to get but oh, yeah. I don't even have anything thro- you know small to throw you know because that's uh <laughs> that's the smallest we get
0: yeah, I yeah. I, I wish I had that problem. Yeah. I know I've, I've got some fly. I've got flies. I mean, I've got them down into twenty fours that will fish oh, on the San Juan. That's crazy. I know some people I've, swear that they've got to be smaller on a lot of patterns, but mm-hmm. you know, if I can get by on a twenty four or twenty two, I'll do that.
1: Oh man, I fish from probably so twenty two might be the smallest I've ever bought twenty twenty two. Uh, some soft hackles that are fished up on Hot Creek up, okay. um, on the east side of the Sierras. And uh, we definitely bought those because it's like, yeah, there's no way. <laughs> there's <laughs> absolutely no way. I can't use my optimizer I think My fingers are just too damn big. No. I,
0: don't know.
1: I don't know how they do it. It's rough. Yeah, thank God there's people with small hands and good eyes to be able to do that. That's yeah. what I figured. Yeah. It is more fun to catch things, you know, catch fish on a fly your tide, you know. And that, I've gotten so used to to tying these great big old things for the ocean. Right. You know, it's like, last time I went to tie some, a buddy of mine just moved up there to Red Lodge one wanted to a bunch of flies for up there. And it's like, there's it a whole new challenge again to get to tying things that are that are size.
0: Yeah, that are not on like a <laughs> but it, it, two-watt hook or something fun. like that. Oh, sorry? I said something that's not on a two hot hook. Oh
1: exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, even when I was tying some different hoppers and stuff, <laughs> that shouldn't be a challenge at all. It's like you know, there's a lot smaller. They started tying some, some smaller nymphs and stuff. And yeah. yeah. It's a good time.
0: Oh yeah. No, that's good that's stuff, cool. man. So what do you got awesome. um uh, yeah, so Creed the real Grand at Creed is really nice. The real grand yeah. Um, you know, down into Mexico, down by down in Taos, mm-hmm. if, if you're willing to hike, is really nice. Really, okay, cool. Um, but it's, you know, it's one of them things. You're you're dropping down in the canyon, so you got to be able to hike in and out.
1: You got to be willing to do put in the little bit of sweat equity for them. Yep. That's yeah, there's a lot of cool places what? out there. And listen to me, I haven't even gotten the golden trout up here, the state yeah. fish. Right here. Yeah, Listen, I haven't even worked my ass off for of that yet. Yeah, that's you know I mean? that's definitely that's one. I have to work on that.
0: That's one that's definitely in the in the old bucket list for me is a golden trout. Well,
1: uh, you got to come out here and hit some golden trout, and we'll show you the coast too. Yeah, that's what you got to do. You know, maybe even head up. I don't know if you fish much up around Northern California, that lower sack or you know um, Fall River, Trinity, Klamath. Yeah, fish those up there. Those are all great. Nice, um, yeah. Fall River, big old Spring Creek. That's that's some good times. Oh yeah. So what? Um, least,
0: uh, what fall? What fall fishing you got lined up? Anything?
1: I don't. I don't have anything now. Lacey's back to work. You know, one thing with the with your wife, that your regular fishing partner and stuff. I gotta to work it around her schedule. I wish I had something. I don't. Um, I really want to get up to Pyramid. That's close enough. One thing with uh Lacey, she's never liked fishing in really cold weather. That's always kinda of scared her to go up there to, to pyramid. Right. And now I think I might be able to get her to go up. She kinda of goes back and forth sometimes with Whitney. Yeah. You know, as a matter of fact this last trip we we're taking we were going up through um, I five to the middle of California, head north we're going up to uh, Reno spend the night in Reno's, we're heading out and Whitney caught that we were heading up that way so oh, we got to get together. It's like, you know, this thing with the Instagram or doing the, the lanyards and stuff. You, you know people through chatting with them on, online or whatever, but you'd never, you know, actually meeting the people, you know. So yes. it's kind of cool. We just couldn't work at the time we had. We were just in the middle of jamming up to, uh, to get where we had to get to. Um, but I, I think we, you know, I'd maybe have Lacey talked
0: into going up there and trying to tear it Ah,
1: Definitely there you go. Getting old hot you know. You got you to gotta do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So maybe I keep my fingers crossed. You know, Lacey would never go up and fish in trail or Klamath when I steelhead fishing up there because she thought it was too cold. And most of the time I come back and said it wasn't <laughs> bad at all. We didn't get any rain. There was no snow, no none of that, you know.
0: Right. And she was always bummed out, but it still kind of scared her a little bit. But I think, I think I might be able to get her to go up there. Ah, there you go. You get you a so big hey, old monster.
1: Oh, uh, I hope so. I just want to get on a ladder and get some some old prehistoric looking thing there yeah
0: know? cast strip <laughs> cast strip cast strip and yeah. hopefully you so get so lucky still like I'm in the ocean yeah yeah yeah. no kidding huh?
1: pretty much it's, it's all casting and stripping and then you get lucky and, and you know for, for me anything I catch I'm, I'm happy with oh, it'd yeah. be great to catch a big old monster that's what you're always going for but both of us Lacey and I were both pretty pretty easy and just getting a fish that's willing to take your fly is all good and you uh, get them one of those bigger bigger models, that's even better.
0: And, yeah, you know, no, I, definitely. I don't, I don't
1: have any monsters to brag about personally. Uh, you always wish if you had more time to spend on the water, you'd be getting into the bigger ones. But uh, yep. they, I, I've enjoyed them all, for sure.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, every, every fish is a good memory, you know?
1: Oh, without a doubt.
0: Had I know doubt we, went, um, we went yesterday... Rocky Mountain National Park with the family. Oh, very and cool. we went and took some pictures by I don't know, just one of the creeks there. Mhm. And um you know, the um, the rivers there and I told the wife, she's like, "I can't believe you didn't bring a fly rod down here." And I was like, "Oh, I'll be right back." In that case,
1: <laughs> as a matter of fact, I'm
0: ready to go. So, so I run up and uh you know grab grab a fly just grab a three weight and grab a box of dry flies and come back down and that uh inch. you know, just cast and casting and five minutes in hook a nice little you know six inch German brown, nothing big mm-hmm. and uh we move up upstream probably fifty feet, and I catch a nice you know little four inch brook trout, but God man, you know it's just two trout, you know, I'm good to go mm-hmm. kids were there, kids were having a blast. You know, got so to see it's some it's fishing, it's got to, 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 to see some trout, and worked out just right. And you know
1: that uh, we're going to have to get you in, you know. Well, you do have a lanyard, so I mean, I'm just going to say that's perfect for a lanyard, too. Fishing life, throw a box of flies in your pocket with a lanyard with tools and your rod, and that's all you need. Yep. You know, and uh, we'll just have to make sure you do it a little bit fancier lanyard.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's the plan, pushing, man.
1: That's uh, so He's a pusher.
0: That's the plan. I'm, I'm I'm planning on it. Trust me.
1: Oh, everybody, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Well, That's how, how. nice to be able to get out there and do something like that, you know? Oh yeah. So close to home. That's yep. where I'm jealous. Where, we actually, technically, believe it or not, have a river that goes through our town. We actually have bridges to go over the river, but all this is a big sand <laughs> river. And oh. there's actually. A live stream. It's called Salinas River. It flows underneath it. Water is underneath the sand, but we never see enough water to come up above. Right. Except during the middle of winter when it's really raining, we'll get water up there. It's a little yep. further north of us, um, and off of some Nacimiento uh, 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 Lake through uh, we have uh, Camp Roberts, which is a military reservation just north of us, and from there it's a live river all year. Most of the time it gets a little bit skinny, but it is up there so okay, I wish I how I wish that river we have going through town was actually a river instead of a big sand pit, yeah, we no call kidding, man Casarobles beach we should be able to go down there, it's like going down to the beach, just don't have uh <laughs> much water most of the year,
0: yeah, yeah, it would, it would be but, nice,
1: yeah, you're spoiled, I get every time I hear people that are you know around it, that's so cool, yeah uh but
0: uh. Definitely have to get you hooked up. You've got to, uh, these things all around the world. It'll be nice to have have one more there in Denver. Oh yeah,
1: definitely representing. You know? Definitely, that'd be so cool.
0: Yep. Well, I thank you for your time.
1: I thank you, Steve. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, you and one, uh, one more time, you know, all the people you have, you, you sit, have the name out there. You, you know, yep. chat with, you know, send a text back and forth. But until you get to really sit down and talk to somebody. Hopefully yeah. we'll be able to have you out here for a visit and spend a few, a few more, yeah, times talking.
0: Yeah, you know, definitely.
1: Show you what we have and get the get those seven weights in your hand with big sinking lines.
0: And oh yeah, catch
1: a striper or something out there. And, yeah, and get you hooked.
0: <laughs> yep. So whatever uh, you know, don't don't forget, people. Go and take a look at westernvisionslanyards.com. dot com. I know. The The inventory kind of turns over fairly frequently, so if you want something, I'd say pick it up.
1: Grab it where quickly. you can, so it might not be there tomorrow. Yeah, But definitely. if you see something you like on there, even when they say sold, or to get a hold of me and say, I really like this one, I can make something pretty darn close. There you go. But not the same. Yep. It'll still be unique and individual.
0: Yeah, so if you're looking for a lanyard, I highly, highly suggest that's where you go. Um, so with that being said, uh, one more sponsor spot, this segment, uh, actually this podcast was brought to you by biologists and fly geeks at Ascent Fly Fishing. If you're ready to stop guessing and start catching more fish every trip to the river, let the team at Ascent Fly Fishing match your hatch. Just tell them when and where you're fishing and they will build you a fly selection down to the life cycle of the bugs on the water. That you are fishing. So pay Ascent a cent to visit, pay fifty two eighty dollars to visit, go visit Western Visions, get you a lanyard. Um, do you go to Ascent Fly Fishing? Use the code Trout Porn for five bucks off the DVD or download. So thanks again, Gary, for your time. And uh, My pleasure.
1: Thank you, Steve.
0: Get out there, people, and make some Trout Porn.
1: Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you, I'm out!